This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're guarding a bunch of fake wood as we watch spine number 116 in the Criterion Collection, Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress from 1958, as well as, I believe, spine number 11 in the Criterion Laserdisc Collection. Ooh. But first, RJ, what's up? Um, nothing interesting. Well, I mean, I thought I thought I had a cool story. Oh, actually, you know, I have something to talk about. Cool. So I had spits for the first time today in like a couple of years. You know, spits, right? We all know spits. Do you think our foreign listeners know spits? Sunflower seeds, people. Yeah, sun sunflower seeds. Over here, we call them spits. Because there's a company that branded them that way. It's you like, know, spits. it's like it's like Kleenex. Yeah, Kleenex, you know, one of those Kleenex spits. So I was eating spits for the first time, and I don't know if, like, I'm old or something, but, man, that shit tore up my gums. Like, like it kind of hurts now. <laughs> like, it feels like my mouth was really stretched out and all of, like, the tendons, like, and just flesh has ripped, which it has been stretched out because I really squirrel it when I eat spits. Like, I just put a whole pile in the one pouch but I don't have squirrel pouch cheeks. So I guess something's got to give, but like, it's honestly like, it's really sore. So are they saltier than they used to be? Or am I just getting really old and I have like really weak gums? I brush two, sometimes three times a day and I Listerine and floss almost every night. Well, I know that I believe uh, gum ulceration is uh, one of the first signs of Ebola. Fuck, I thought I had Ebola the other the other day. That time I was like dropping heavy on the toilet. Wow. Man. I told someone that too. They're like, I heard you were real sick. And I was like, yeah, I thought I had Ebola. And they're like, do you mean E. coli? And I was like, no, Ebola. <laughs> I know what the difference is. Yeah, I've seen the Ebola syndrome. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, if you saw what was coming out of my body, you mm. would have thought it was Ebola too. Mm. What's that book you read on Ebola one time? Oh, man, was the, the hot something. The hot zone? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like what that's a fun That was like book. concentrated out of my colon. Yeah, your liquefied uh insides. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you actually had a peak inside, I bet at least half my organs are gone. Well, this is a fun film podcast. <laughs> um what's up with you, dude? Not much. I am large and in charge over at the comic shop for the next like two Ooh. weeks that's right how's that going for you day one uh fine just mm. just fine selling comic books selling Hawkman and plastic man and other man comics um is that good mm, it is what it is there's some comics i wish were better I mean, you think Hawkman, you could make a pretty fun comic about a Hawkman, but someone uh, so, someone found the boringest way possible to do it. So that's like pretty consistent, par for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, there was once a good Hawkman comic called Hawk World that was like decent. Mm-hmm. I hear. I, hear. Um, I myself I, have not read it. You know, I but, think they're going for that more somber thing now. No, no, they don't do that anymore. They they just, no? they go for house style, if you will. Um. Well, did you read Scott Snyder's Batman Metal? 
I am about to start reading it. Because there is a good deal of hawk peopling in that. Yeah. Hawk man, hawk woman. Yeah. Uh, so uh, keep going about the thrills of hawk man. Nice. Um, well, I, I got to... Uh, uh, just, just cut me or just yeah, not even acknowledging no, it. Eh? No, yeah. Okay. Um, I got sure, to enjoy a, a, the type of uh, male comic buyer I dislike the most, the the speculator, uh, mm-hmm. just, just at the end of the day. Um, he was talking about his uh, his sweet scores that he got over the weekend. His, his mailing in of CGC'd uh, comics, mm-hmm. slabbed, he, high grade. and Like uh, uh, Joker's daughter? Uh, no. Nope, none of those. Hmm. Uh, and but he was talking about some old comics he got, and he was like really proud of the prices he got, saying like this, this comic it went for it goes for seven hundred. I got it for two hundred. <laughs> and he was talking about it like sexual conquests. Um, um, did did it make you upset? I, I didn't actually. I was have I got to overhear it because mm-hmm. he was talking to my coworker, and I just got to kind of like yeah focus on my task and just be on. He's still talking. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, then he also made some joke about like getting like fives for change. Cause he wanted to go downtown to get a blowjob from a hooker. And that was a joke. <laughs> was this said in public? Yeah. Yeah. Find out who it was and I'll sue them for, <laughs> for sexual harassment. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, this, this was just the real capper of my day. <laughs> Find out who it was. I know I'll take oh, that sucker down. Well, I know who it is. Give me their address, uh-huh. and I'll go. Uh, I'll go do a slip on their uh, their front step. Yeah, they like they yeah. like they like Deadpool. Oh, of course, of course, they all do. They all they do. all do. Yeah, so that's my life right now for the next little bit. Um, yeah, well, that sounds horrible. Well, uh, what you been creeping, RJ? Because I know I have watched very little. Because yeah, yeah, you used to give me shit for not being committed to this uh, well, movie and look, podcast. And now, I can, and now I don't give you shit, and now you still don't watch movies. So here, uh, here I have uh, five separate titles to talk about. How many do you have? What, what's what, but some of these are short films. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I my score is at five. What do you got, Coaches? <laughs> I, I got my two. Uh, so. Yeah, where's your Messiah now, huh? Hmm. Where's so, your Messiah? Now? So, so, uh, so-called shorts. Uh, I hear everyone's real hot on that hereditary thing. I bet people thought we were gonna watch that this week. Well, I bet people thought we were gonna put more effort in our 100th episode too. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen that way. Summer's a tough time, man. I don't know what it is. Uh, is it sun? No, I. Don't, it's not like I go out anymore during the summer. Um, yeah. It's really weird. You're, well, you're working, man, yeah. baby. Working less and less time to do things somehow. It's very strange. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I uh, I hope I might be able to get it within this next week. We'll see. But uh, since everyone's so hot on that, I watched some short films by uh, the director, Ari Aster, uh, which is that guy's name, who did Hereditary. <laughs> Fascinating. So apparently, well, people talk about like how Hereditary is his first movie, but he did all these like horror short films. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of said horror short films. And, and no one had until and this no movie. One has. Uh, so I watched these. Uh, he has a bunch, but I watched like the two most popular. And they're very family dynamic oriented, which mm-hmm. I believe Hereditary is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has one called Munchausen, uh, which is, uh, I guess, 
fittingly about a mom like poisoning her son. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 16 minutes long. There's no dialogue. It's just like music. It's very okay. There's if you go to the Letterboxd, every single review is like, oh, it's just like that opening sequence of Up. Oh, it's just like opening sequence of Up, but it's weird. And it's because that's in the description on Letterboxd, like in the synopses, hmm. is like, think of Up. So I don't know who wrote that, but it's really poisoned and tainted everybody's reviews because that's all they can talk about. Uh, I don't. I never got that feel. It's just about a mom poisoning her kid. It's not really anything special. Is is I don't recall that part of up. Yeah, that's well <laughs> you check go go to the page. That's what everybody talks about is how mm. it's like that opening sequence. So are, are they saying the old man was like poisoning his wife the whole time? Check okay. I'm gonna read you verbatim the fucking no. uh the letterbox I don't, synopsis. I don't care. Tell you what A this vibrant is. Pixar inspired montage. Oh. Think the marriage sequence and up. So whoever wrote that, and then that's all of the reviews is about Up and like Toy Story and mm. people thinking they're really clever. But they're just letterbox users. They're just chumps like the rest of us. That's right. So uh, that Munchausen, it's not super good. I can't really rec- recommend it to anybody. Mm. It's whatever. Uh, this one was his most popular. This next one is his most popular one, which gets like a lot of like high attention i guess for some reason it's called the strange thing about the johnsons this son of a bitch is uh this can, can is can you see that again 30 minutes long okay uh this short film the strange thing about the johnsons uh so this is hey can could you guess another family dynamic well i mean uh, that, that is a very family dynamic suggested name the strange thing about yeah, the Johnsons. It's kind of like the, the strange thing about the Johnsons. We need to talk about Kevin. Um, exactly. Yeah. But uh, the, this came out in 2011, so maybe it was the same time as meet, we need meet, to talk. Meet the Millers. Oh, you're going to drop that one on us? Well, it's a family dynamic. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, so, hey, Jerry. Harry, you Harry, uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Hey, that's a good movie. Have we ever talked about that on this podcast? Yes. Continue. Okay. Uh <laughs> Strange thing about the Johnsons, it's uh, father and son. Uh, I'm going to spoil it because you find out in like, of this 30 minute short, you find out in the first like minute what the hook is. It's like, whoa, we zinged ya. Uh, it's about like, what if there was a family with like sexual abuse going on? But what if it was the kid sexually abusing the dad? <laughs> so it's the, the son rapes the dad all the time. <laughs> I'm not. That's what this thing is about, and I think it's supposed to like. I guess the horror aspect is that it's like, oh shit, isn't that crazy? This isn't, guy's no, no, his I blame RJ. It's isn't that fucked up? <laughs> isn't that fucked up? Um, yeah, like this. So I watched this thing, and I was like, uh, is this what Hereditary is gonna be about? Like mm-hmm. these things. Because, like, everyone's loving that hereditary thing. And I'm sure I'll like it, too. I was just like, this thing's not that good. Like, it has elements of, like, filmmaking that I think are pretty well done. But, and I guess some people think that that's edgy and crazy. But uh, you you spoiled me with ghoulish movies before. Yeah. And even on this very podcast, uh, I've seen way worse stuff. So, (laughs) like, I mean, it's no Salo. So, I don't know. It's 
it's how, okay. How is the film craft? It's pretty good. Uh, like I can see. I don't know. I he he tells the story well. Like he's got stuff set up. He's got a good flow of where he he goes places and like what he shows. So it's it's a pretty well made short. I just don't care for the content because I think the hook is. I get it. It's like all right. I guess someone had to do this story sometime. Um, it's it's okay. I just thought it was kind of goofy to be honest. You know, I I just was thinking about like new annoying things like film critics could bust out on the world. Like and, film craft? Yeah, like film craft. Like I was just thinking like, oh, artisanal cinema. <laughs> I'm going to drop that one on uh, one of my next movies. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, filmmaking was mic- pretty good in this. Mi- yeah, because like, we have micro budgets, micro cinema, but artisanal cinema. Artisanal Does that come with a side of a scone? Uh, Well, that's that. Side I don't know. Scone? I don't know. Well, you, f- you figure it out when you get back to me. Okay. So uh, these things are okay. They're not great. Whatever. I'll watch your edit, Terry. I'll get back to you. Uh, I watched a good movie, though, <laughs> called Good Time. Uh-huh, you got around to uh, it. You're catching up with the rest of us, huh? Catching up with the world. Uh, yeah, you talked about this, too, so I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot. Uh, I liked it. It's really good. Uh, it's super greasy and grimy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's fun. Um I the thought fir- like the first 20 minutes though are like a pretty amazing the whole like the the use of music and like unrelenting pace of it it's got that green room vibe right yeah it does I think uh it more or less holds that too like there's a couple lulls but I thought this whole movie was pretty straight to the point um I, I like this movie quite a bit and uh people this might be when people gang up on me I didn't really like the music that much hmm uh, I thought it was okay like it's kind of that synth pop style stuff i don't know uh at certain time like not the whole time just at certain points in the movie i was like oh this music's a little distracting and then uh the only other critique or criticism i guess is uh, i don't love uh all the super zoom-ins um sometimes again sometimes it's okay but there's sometimes where it's like they're walking and you have like a like a close-up on a guy's head and like it's it's almost like it's moving too fast like i was like just back back pull the camera back a little bit man i can't see what's going on so these are these are weird things but those are my only real criticisms of this thing is like well you sound like a real grandpa to me well maybe i am i mean sunflower seeds are fucking burning out my gums the music in this was too loud and it was the camera was too fast (laughs) too too close too fast it was too close and fast that's what I mean. I, I could see people ganging up on me for that. Yeah, but, we, uh, are, we are going to take your lunch money. Bring it on, nerd. I know how to fight. <laughs> I'll fight you. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyways, uh, this next film, Jarrett, is uh, a, an exquisite example of film craft. Uh, this is a, uh, my anime baby entry for the week. I tried to get... One one in this week. I'm gonna try to get one a week. This was a Jared Duncan pick. Yep, a Jared uh, a, J- a Jared Duncan lend. As a well. Jared Duncan lend. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually a Jared Duncan pick, but it's a Jared Duncan lend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched Belladonna of Sadness mm-hmm. from 1973. That's an old movie. That's an old anime. That's an old anime, baby. Uh, so this thing is pretty interesting. It is. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay. 
something weird happened and my browser crashed. Anyways, I'll keep talking until <laughs> until it freezes and crashes. Uh, so I watched Belladonna of Sadness. Uh, it's not your it's not your grandpa's anime. Yeah. Or maybe it is, I guess. It's not your typical uh, anime. Well, uh, the question is, though, is is your dick still intact? Yeah. Yeah, it's still on. It's yeah. still on for yeah. this one. Okay, I'll, I'll lay it out. I'll, I'll lay it out for the people out there who don't know that. <laughs> Belladonna of Sadness is an anime story about, um, like, old peasant people and, like, I don't know, the time when there's, like, castles and shit. And you witch, know what witch, I mean. Witchery. Yeah, witchery and stuff like that. And uh, you have this real smoking lady and uh, on her wedding night, the king basically rapes her, as is his privilege. Uh, just like in Braveheart, mm-hmm. the noblemen can have first crack at uh, freshly married women, which is their their right. So, uh, what was I getting at? So the king rapes her, and then uh, she goes home, and she's real embarrassed. And her husband is like, "We'll be okay," but he just turns out into like a huge drunk. And you're like, oh, that guy sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this lady is starting to get tempted by the devil. It's like, uh, hey, come on. Uh, I can make your life better. That kind of thing. She gets swayed into some witchcraft, trying to get back at some of these town folk. Uh, she gets a lot more shit kind of piled on her. She gets a sh- she has a shitty go. That's what this story is about. Uh, this anime is unique, I guess, because of its... Uh, style it is mostly like watercolor painting watercolors drawings i guess whatever you call that yeah and it they're like still shots and the picture doesn't really move much it's kind of the camera so you have a wide shot of a person's body and as they are talking it'll zoom in on them uh so that's not the whole movie there are animated sequences as well but that is a big chunk of it is like they'll have this big uh, painted picture and the camera's just kind of moving from like one side to the other and uh, that's what the uh, like the motion uh, of what's going on is so that's like the big thing um, this was a Jared Duncan pick I popped this son of a bitch on uh, I gotta tell you uh, I, I think the style is really cool especially for the 70s I wasn't really into this because uh, of all of the dick imagery <laughs> there is so well that's not the only reason i don't know what it was i i w- wasn't super into it when i watched it i think it's really cool that they made this thing like the the way that they did it's really unique and something i haven't really seen before but uh i don't know there is a lot of raping in this thing uh every other character is literally a penis almost like the devil is a penis mm-hmm. and then there's lots of scenes of like dicks coming out like swirling and like the dna ladder thing like grabbing people and you're like oh shit those dicks are grabbing people and then there's a lot of vaginal imagery uh mm-hmm. things of such and such and such so near the end i was like i'm pretty full up on my dick mm-hmm. quota on my dicks so i didn't get mind blown off uh, i i do think it's really cool it uh it wasn't totally uh totally my bag baby what do you have to say about belladonna of sadness well the the reason it got lent was because it's on that uh best anime list that top 100 list and so you said hey give me the the top 20 you got and so i went okay and i'm like yeah i'll grab that and so you wanted to borrow it 
by default. So I was oh, like, I, okay. Oh, I understand. I yeah, understand. So, I, I did ask for anime. Yep. I'm not mad at you. Oh, no. I'm just, I just I, want to make clear that this is not when I was like, I think RJ is really going to like this. Because yeah. I'm like, mm, probably not his speed. Uh, well, but uh, I like, 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 I mean, like, I, I really liked this quite a bit when I watched it last year. Because it finally came out on Blu-ray um, Cinema yeah. Epoch or something like that put it out. Um, actually, because what's his name? Uh, Elijah Wood, his uh, production company, Spectre Vision, they helped uh kind of get the rights for this because mm-hmm. it's it's very much kind of it feels in line with sort of the aesthetics of like a certain group of horror fans and like it's because like it's a lot of witch stuff and it's like kind of like mm-hmm. I, i'd say overall like a fairly like, positive vision of witches like they're not just viewed as mm-hmm. evil like they're like viewed as like no that it's kind of more plugged into like kind of the counterculture of the 60s and the 70s yeah and so like this idea that like the witch is there to actually liberate us from uh ourselves and so it's just this whole idea of like bigger concepts and like wall with this big crazy backdrop of like medieval europe uh mm-hmm. which is always like a strange thing that japan likes to like focus on like that seems to be their favorite pocket of like european history is like when europe was uh like medieval um they mm-hmm. draw on it a lot in other series too they sure. really and they really like germany um so yeah like this thing is just like just like from like an artistic view standpoint like for like as far as like kind of innovative animation and just visuals that you've never seen before this movie has so much of it like i remember like when i was watching this i was just finding screen grabs of this and i was just like oh it looks so good like it's such a nice beautiful looking image and it's like but it does because it doesn't look like what anime looks like now Mm -hmm. and it basically has looked like anime now for like 40 years this was kind of when, when uh animation was like still figuring itself out and uh mm-hmm. like they're just like hey let's make it this is like more closer to like an experimental uh art film than it is an anime even though it's a mm-hmm. japanese it's a japanese cartoon um but yeah no like i i yeah. think yeah i i uh I, I vaguely now that you've mentioned I'm like oh yeah i remember satan penis because like the whole thing when she basically lets satan into her we all know what that means yeah exactly that's a real Jarrett move right there mm-hmm um no uh yeah everything you said like i do think it it's it's really cool it looks great it's a really unique uh animation style it's cool i just wasn't super into all the dicks mm-hmm. uh or i don't know like i don't know it just wasn't my like i said wasn't my bag baby but it is it is really cool and i'm glad i watched it yeah i'm sure other people would really like it yeah it's it's a notch in the belt Notch in the belt, baby. Mm-hmm. Just uh, so I only have one more for you, okay. which is another notch in my belt, which is also a movie about witches, Jarrett. Oh, from my man, Mr. Stephen King. But I think he would probably disown this one and ask for his name to be taken off of it. <laughs> so I watched a, I watched a pretty big pile of shit last night uh, <laughs> called uh, Mercy from 2014 mm-hmm. by this guy named Peter Cornwell. Uh, you know him. He was the director of A Haunting in Connecticut. Ooh. This movie was also written by Mr. Matt Greenberg, who did a fan favorite Stephen King pick, 1408. But he also has some shining uh, entries like H2O, Michael Myers Returns, or whatever that thing was called. Mm-hmm. Reign of Fire, that really good dragon movie. Seventh Son uh, from a couple <sighs> years ago. With and uh, Prophecy- Jeff Bridges. Yeah, with Jeff Bridges. And then uh, Prophecy 2 with Christopher Walken, which is somehow less popular than Mercy, which I don't really understand. 
so anyways, I watched this movie, Mercy Jarrett. Mm-hmm. I put it off for a really long time. I've heard about this movie for a long time because it was made like four years ago, but it wasn't even really released until like a year or two ago. It was kind of caught up in a lot of stuff. And I think I know why. It's because it blows. Uh, so this is actually, uh, it's a Stephen King short story from one of his collections. I can't remember. Uh, in in this short story, is called Grandma, I think. But this yeah. movie is called Mercy. So uh, I, read, I read that story. I thought it was really cool. It's this like, it's a short story about this kid who gets left alone uh, at home with his grandma because his brother gets hurt and the mom drives the brother to the hospital. And the kid gets left alone with his grandma and you like learn that he he's kind of scared of his grandma and she was always kind of like weird to him. And uh, even like his mom and his uh, aunt are, are kind of like, oh, yeah, mom's really weird. Just just like they're like, don't don't go over there. Just leave her alone. And then he gets like a call from his aunt when he's at home and the aunt's like, oh, don't go. Don't be alone with grandma. And he's like, oh, shit. OK. Uh, and then he does. And I'm going to spoil the story here because I, I think the ending is really cool in that little short story. And this movie totally throws it away for some reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> so the way the short story ends is uh, the kid gets alone with the grandma and she's a witch. And she puts herself into his body. And then he gets stuck in her like uh, old like uh, paralyzed body. And then he dies. And then the grandma like lives again as a little kid. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a Stephen King story. I like that shit. Nice. Uh, so this movie, Jared, is like just all sorts of fucking awful. It's so bad. Uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, it's shot in a really nice area. Like, I don't know where this was shot. Like Scotland or something? I, I don't know. Um, all It's got like big lush green hills and countryside. It looks nice. Uh, you have the kid and he lives with the mom kind of like it was, but this movie is building up about how this, uh, this mom is like, like an Alzheimer's patient or something. And she's like crazy. So she's always running around, like stabbing herself in the leg and like throwing shit at people. And that that's fine, whatever. But then you have like Mark Duplass show up and he's like, Hey kids, I don't know what, uh, your grandma, I don't know what your mom told you about grandma, but she's a real bad lady. Okay. Stay away from her. But then, like, he dies, and you're just you you don't care. And the kid hits a bully over the head with a bag of rocks, and you're like, I don't care. And the kid, like, they they have this like built up thing about how the kid and the grandma are best friends, and you're just like, I don't care. And then it it gets to the end where there's like a showdown between the kid and the grandma, and there's a couple cool images in it, but it's still just fucking horseshit. Like he's running around, he sees ghosts for some reason in this movie it's never really explained he sees ghosts and they like trying they're trying to help him while he's fighting his grandma and then i'm pretty sure the way it ends is she just dies and then he's okay unless i miss something completely and he she does get transported into his body but i don't think that happens in this so this like that's what i was watching this and i don't even really know how it ended like this movie fucking sucks well, um, so take that as it is, I guess. Thanks for bringing it to my attention, to our listeners' attention. Well, it, people <laughs> might, may have watched it. It's on Netflix. It gets it's like oh, Stephen really? King's Mercy. So, like, I, I I have a feeling someone may have tried to watch this one at one point. So I'm 
I'm saving you from any grief. This movie fucking blows. Huh. So take that as it is. I will. And that's all I watched here. But cool. You know. Nice. Whatever. Well, I watched a couple. Um, so a couple weeks ago, uh, the DVD Blu-ray boutique label Vinegar Syndrome had a halfway to Black Friday sale off a bunch of their movies. I did myself an order and grabbed a couple of random things. Um, for the most part, I have found the Vinegar Syndrome brand to be kind of like the 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 king of three stars. They uh, most of their movies are like at best like oh, it's a three star movie. Yeah, it's okay. That's pretty good. I yeah, they, I mean they've had some success with like putting out some like kind of like key black exploitation movies like the Rudy Ray Moore stuff, like uh, uh, Disco Godfather and uh, Tangerine Man, and talked I've talked about mm-hmm. before Petey Wheatstraw. Uh, but like actually, mm-hmm. a big chunk of the movies that they're putting out are sex exploitation movies and like kind of like real. Mm, kind of more obscure horror titles like movies that are like slashers but kind of not you'd watch them they barely even qualify as horror movies but all this mm-hmm. actually isn't it entices me some people might be like why would you even bother and i don't know i can't i can't answer that that's just me it's who i am mm-hmm. but uh i ordered some randomness and i dug into a couple of those movies uh the first one i watched was uh a couple well one was the, it's like it's one of the earlier movies by a guy, a director named Andy Milligan. Have you ever heard of Andy Milligan? I know uh, Andy Pilligan. Is that the same person? No, no. Unless Andy Pilligan <laughs> also died of AIDS. Uh, no, that's Candy Pemigan. Pemmican. Oh, Candy was the name of uh, Andy's one-time partner at one point. Where are we going here? Okay. So Andy Milligan. What's happening? I was just wondering if you ever heard of Andy Milligan. So no, I'm never. Andy Milligan is kind of like he's a deep cut for real horror fans. Uh, sure. I have tried watching one of his movies previously, uh, mm-hmm. The Ghastly Ones. Uh, I only got like a couple minutes into it, and I was like, I am not in the mood for watching this sort of thing right now. Uh, so I just kind of was like, eh, not, not, not for me right now. And so I, that was me closing the door again on Andy Milligan. Andy Milligan, he directs movies with titles such as, let's see here, uh, The Naked Witch, The Degenerates, The Promiscuous Sex, Depraved, Tricks of the Trade, The Filthy Five, Gutter Trash, The Bitch, The Weirdo, Torture Dungeon, Nightbirds, Bloodthirsty Butchers, The Body Beneath, Guru, The Mad Monk, Dragula, The Rats Ooh. Are... Uh, and, of course, there's the one that I've like kind of known probably of the longest. The Rats Are Coming. The Werewolves Are Here. Ooh, that's pretty cool. This guy's got some mad shit. Is uh, that Dragula what uh, Rob Zombie uses? His... Is it because of that movie? Probably. Uh, nice. Apparently, Dragula is lost. It's... <gasps> Yeah. It's a lost film? It's a lost film from 1971. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's a uh, set that he, two movies are on there. Uh, one of his films, Seeds, it's from like 1968. Mm-hmm. And it's also got like his first short film called Vapors, which is like all set at a gay bathhouse in, the, in New York uh, in 1965. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch that one yet. But I did watch Vapors, which sounded kind of more my speed. Uh, 
as it's uh, all about uh, incest and ma- maniacs and murder in mm. a family. Uh, there's eye patches, wheelchairs. Uh, Ooh, clear, that's cool. Clearly a movie shot uh, in someone's house with a bunch mm-hmm. of friends, and they just were making a movie. And um, Andy Milligan, uh, in his time, he kind of fancied himself a, a, a playwright, scriptwriter. And so his movies, though, uh, he did not really know how to make movies well. He did not know how to deploy that film craft, uh, as we've been talking about here. Ooh, film craft. Um, yeah, but uh, he just kind of like, well, just point the camera and just uh, you figure it out. That was kind of his aesthetics, which is like, which is an aesthetic, because uh, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of make it work for you. And I could see this movie working for some people. I think it works for me. Uh, I thought this movie was mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, it is not an RJ pick. Uh, it's it's again like Andy Milligan kind mm. of slots into like John Waters' world, which again you have not got to experience yet. Uh, I don't really but, care to but, either. But, but John Waters, like I'd say, is like probably a better filmmaker than Andy Milligan was. But I bet John Waters probably was or is a Andy Milligan fan, uh, just because like it's the, the subject matter of like just like decrepit, hateful grandmother being like kind of like yelling and screaming at her children constantly, and mm-hmm. her children are just like like sad lumps, and they're all like kind of like they've. <laughs> They're having sex with one another, and then their partners are having sex with one another, and they're all like living in the same house, and they're having dinner and just like trashing the place. And then, like, when dinners are done, people are being killed and being stuffed in closets, and it's a mystery of who's killing who. It's just kind of like a weekend with you and me. Yeah, it's it's a hard movie to describe. Um, (laughs) Seeds. It really it really says it all, doesn't it? Um, it depends on what you mean by. Says I, I do believe that all. the so uh, this movie I watched like the seeds cut. There's also uh, I'm trying to find what the t- the alternate title of this was, and it's like mm-hmm. I think it's like seeds of sin, and uh, so seeds of sin. Yeah, yeah I was right. So uh, Andy Milligan. He was like working in the New York underground film scene in the late 60s, which means that there was like this whole like underground of like making these saucy BDSM, S&M sex flicks for like 42nd Avenue. And so what they would do is they would take these movies that were shot in a particular way and go, hey, we're going to we're going to have like a, a sex cut. And so we're going to get like these actors to like just like roll around on top of one another and grind away. And this is like legit soft core. This is like mm-hmm. not your uh, oh, there's boobs in it. Because like when I watched the seeds version, and I saw people mentioning this like the soft core thing, and I was like, this isn't soft core. What is this RJ describing this movie? And then I watched, <laughs> then I saw the seeds of sin version, which is also on the Blu-ray, and mm-hmm. I kind of skimmed through that, and I went, oh. There's the softcore, uh, as these people are just all. It's like, oh yeah, they're just having sex there, but or pretending to have sex anyway, without any mm. shots of the old rumpy pumpy, the old in out in out. Um. Uh, how, how do you respond, Mister Baylog? I don't know what that rumpy pumpy talk was, but I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> No thanks. No thanks. Okay. So yeah, Seeds. Uh, interesting movie. I, I actually do really want to watch more Andy Milligan movies. Um, mm. I, I feel like uh, this could be my my Jess Franco of this year. 
So mm-hmm. we'll see. Especially those uh, the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. That that weird horror stuff. Because it sounds like it's almost the same movie. He keeps trying to make the same movie over and over and over again with like mm-hmm. incest and families, degenerates, all, and it's all Staten Island. I should point this out. These movies are all set like he has. He owned a house on Staten Island, I guess, mm-hmm. and he just shot these movies there over and over and over again. And he just keeps making the same ideas over and over and over again. So I find that really bizarre and kind of appealing. But we'll see in execution uh, how that f- it plays out as a viewing experience. We'll keep you posted, listeners and RJ. I'm not interested. <laughs> well, you're going to hear about it. Unless I'd I, rather not. Until, until I lose interest anyway. I've lost interest already. How do <laughs> well, you like that, Duncan? I'm, I'm awake. I'm woke on this. And then my other Vinegar Syndrome uh, movie was one called Blue Vengeance. I had never heard of this movie. Uh, And then it was announced by Vinegar Syndrome a couple months ago that they were putting it out. And then suddenly I saw people going like, I've never heard of this either. And they went and downloaded copies of it, I'm sure, online to check it out. And they all started going like, whoa, where has this movie been all my life? Uh, So Blue Vengeance, uh, I guess it was like it's a one in done movie i believe no that's actually mm-hmm. not true this guy actually directed a whole bunch of stuff uh jay jay christian ingvertson uh Ugh, yeah so, a good name so he's a a guy uh man look at these movies Tell me more. firehouse hangman cyber vengeance blood relic the outfit mob mm-hmm. war with jake lamotta bog creatures comrades in arms Air Boss, Absolute Aggression, Search and Destroy, Shock Troop, Covert Action, Fort Doom, The Little Patriot, Mission 2002 from okay. Okay. 1998, Strike okay. Zone. So okay. he's a he's a real indie gem. No no one's watching. He's a real dude. Yeah, he's he stars in this movie as well. He's the cop on the edge, nice. suffering Kinda that like you and me suffering that PTSD. Is that bad? <clears throat> so this is a movie about a guy. Uh, he's a cop, and he's mm-hmm. suffering from bad things happening to his partner back when he was just a, a boy in his uh, uniform. Now he's a detective on the cases, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys he caught, real sick fuck, he's broken <sighs> out, and he's killing people. Um, this movie is very low budget independent very artisanal and oh, uh did this one come with a scone uh no a, it, or a scone it, it comes so with pardon it comes with uh a scene where our killer this guy, kid who looks like he's maybe like 25 years old long black hair he's like mm-hmm. kind of a metal kid uh after he escapes from jail he goes straight to his mom's and his mm-hmm. and, her, and his mom's just giving out to him about like the cops have been around what have you been doing and it's like and she doesn't like remember if it's been like a year or longer if she, if she, if she saw her son or it was last night she's not sure it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter um but you get to see his room he's got comics he's got uh replica axes on the wall but he's also got a, oh a, a comics long box that he opens up and inside is just like occult murderbilia stuff which i thought was awesome was it really cool though, or do you? Was it just a Jarrett thing? It was. A, it was more of a Jarrett thing, probably. I don't know. Ah, cool. I, I, I don't know how many people go. Hey, there's a long. There's a comics long box, like, and know exactly that's what that is. But I know. At least three people. Yeah, uh, but how many of those three people are going to be watching that Blue Vengeance? At least 
one. Yeah, at least one. At least one. Um, yeah, so this movie, it feels just like a 1989 like thriller about a cop and having to face off against a, a slasher in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but without any of the polish that these movies kind of have when they're done by Hollywood, it's just stripped down. Uh, you get scenes at CBGB's um, mm-hmm. with like scenes of punk punks playing. And then you get like five people dancing in front of the stage in the middle of the day, which I don't feel is an accurate depiction of the punk scene uh, at any point, but maybe I'm wrong. Um yeah, and of course mm-hmm. there's there's the there's the red haired girl with the camera who took a photo of the killer, and she gets sucked into this whole mess, and then there's just scenes and more scenes. I don't know. All I really remember about this movie specifically is that long box. Uh, it's very <laughs> like much a movie. I I'm not wasn't super into the what what it was laying down. Uh, it wasn't crazy enough to blow my dick off, as they say. There, there's really few things that do. That's why that movie was so special. Yeah, people will see yeah. if they ever care to look. Ninja Scroll, folks, check it Ninja out. Ninja Scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, so I, don't know. I guess that's the show forever. That's the show forever. Yeah. Like I said. Uh, yeah. I'll, otherwise, like you know, I'm just like I'm paralyzed by all the movies I've got to watch, and I go, "What do I want to watch? I don't want to watch anything." And then lately, I've been instead of just like putting something on and not watching it at all. I've just been reading comics. Cause that's oh, you're a nerd. Uh, it hey, is. That, should, that, that is pretty nerdy. You should do what I do. Just uh, text some chump your options and let them pick for you. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. This guy has no idea that I do it all the time. And it, uh, it works. It works great. It yeah. works great. Yeah. Real chump. Real chump. Yeah. yeah you also, I think you also, uh, text him weird memes that like, I are so <laughs> obtuse. That I think like, you're obtuse. How like, about that? Like, are you sen- are you sending these to the right person? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. They're they're a little too dank for my tastes. I don't know. Did you find them humorous? No. Well, maybe you're the maybe you're the wrong person. <laughs> I think that rem- that reminds me of the uh, the scene in Yes Man. You know the uh, hit Jim Carrey movie. Jared, you you ever see Yes Man? I I, I, I think that explains everything. There's this scene in Yes Man, Jarrett, where uh, Jim Carrey's drunk and he punches a guy in the head, but it's not the guy he's actually supposed to be fighting with. It's just a guy standing by- beside him. And the guy who gets punched in the head says, I'm the wrong guy, man. And Jim- That's your problem. Skype just killed that punchline. What? Yeah, it's so good. I don't even care. Don't even tell me did, anymore. Did you, just, did you just mute me? No. Is that what it really Sky- happened? Skype, like, as you're about to do it, it just went silent. And it went perfect. Well, if anyone's interested, no. email me in and I'll give you the sweet punchline yeah. for that. And how it was so topical and fitting to what we were talking about. Kill the dead. Fuck. I love it. I'm done with this thing. Hey, RJ, got any news? What's, what's been uh, happening? Does been, anyone care anymore? No. What, what's been happening in the world? Uh, Wonder Woman's going to be in the 80s because of Stranger Things. Uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be uh, play Danny Torrance in the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep. That's a uh, big Mike Flanagan. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. They're going to recast Ben Affleck. What else? I don't know. Disney's making lots of sequels. Uh, and Jarrett's dead. So that's it, I guess. 
It was nice knowing you guys. Um, hmm. Are you really dead? I was just kidding. Yeah, maybe. I, I was just reading some baffling inter, uh, internet comics news stuff, and I was just like... Did it have to do with the podcast, Jared? Your, it, it could. Your professionalism is unprofessionalism far too much. Ooh. Far uh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Man on me. Unless you have actual real movie news. Well, I'm just reading this thing. This is like from eight hours ago, our time. Warner sure. Brothers, DC Films, possibly renaming, rebranding, report suggests. Um, yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, as, as we all know, uh, DC Comics president Diane Nelson, uh, who is behind the Harry Potter franchise success, allegedly, uh, she, she exited. Mm. The, Jeff Johns comics man he uh he's moved on some say that it's like a uh a, it's like a hollywood style firing where they're like yeah yeah you're gonna do all these projects right and then they just move you off to the side and then you just mm-hmm. get forgotten about very but it's like that's be, probably good though yeah well whatever but there's like more going on because obviously i imagine that there's people over at that time warner that they go hmm these marvel movies they're making two billion dollars our movies mm-hmm. with like the, the some of the most famous characters ever created in superhero dumb make half a billion dollars. What's wrong mm-hmm. with this picture? And it's I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I'm reading this shit. There's talk about Flashpoint and crap and Zack Snyder. I'm sure. And who cares? Hey, did you hear that uh, Warner Brothers is willing to put out that Zack Snyder cut if he pays for it? Yeah. Guess so. What do you mean you guess I, I, so? I guess I knew that. Well, like from last week, but maybe this is the end of the podcast forever. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, on our uh, Criterion Creeps podcast letterbox list, uh, the first film discussed on there will always be Suicide Squad, making it also our banner image for that particular list. Something I'm well, not. Well, take partic- that fucking thing off of there, then. Well, you shouldn't have talked about Suicide Squad first on our first episode, well, you son of a that bitch. That was before I realized we would be this international success mm-hmm. that everybody loves and is just cherished by all. Mm-hmm. Just, just put it to sixth. Put it in the sixth spot. But, and then it'll be like, uh, what do we have there? Like... Um, those zombie movies? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe that's hurting us. Just put it to the sixth spot. Hey. Nobody will be mad. Hey, who who, who went who went to and talked about Suicide Squad? I went by myself because I got stood up by my nephew. That's, that's so, see, uh, see, that's even sadder. Yeah, I know it's sad, I, 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 but what I feel, am I going to do? I, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back, but I feel like you might not have even told us that at the time. And maybe you lied and you said you went with your nephew. And you went... I, I, I may have. I don't know if anyone was listening can remember. Shameful. I uh yeah, two tickets and uh I went to his house to pick him up and he never came out. And then I I left and I went to it by myself. Mm, actually, I vaguely remember you messaging me saying you had an extra ticket and I said no. <laughs> yeah, cuz my nephew had just turned like uh he's like 16 now and he was too cool for school, so I think he just didn't care. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to go see that movie, and I was like, Fine, whatever. But you said, you know what? We're not, we're not here to talk about my nephew, Jared. Okay, 
Okay, I'm just saying, if it bugs you that much, uh, <laughs> and it probably does hurt the podcast because people don't want to see that shit, put it put it in the sixth spot, and then it won't be on the banner, mm-hmm. and uh, it won't be like a mark on us because I think you had five movies to talk about, so it'll just be like we talked to your movies went in first, and then we then mine. Mm-hmm. So there's your solution. Okay then, Frindo. a final solution. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? I bunked a thing on I was I was playing with this knife and it fell. <laughs> and he does have a knife in his hand, folks. He's th- I believe he's threatening me. That's not a threat, that's a promise. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got nothing for news. Who gives a shit? Well, let's do this thing then. All right, let's get that Nobel Peace Prize. After the break, uh it's samurai time. What? We find that hidden fortress like right away. And then it doesn't Wait, play it, then it doesn't happen. Nothing happens after that. I watched uh, a different movie. Uh-oh. I watched uh what we were talking about earlier, Harry and the Hendersons. Mhm. That's a funny topical joke. Everyone will laugh at that. It starts with an H. Just edit this better so it makes like I said it and then uh in uh 2 seconds cue the laughter. 1 2 <laughs> <laughs>
嘘じゃ私がご冬ならこんなに義姫をら姫様お言葉が過ぎますぞそれではの苦労たどのとっさがござりますどいよくわたその方の顔見るもいやいや妹を殺して涙一つ流さぬその注意顔姫様あの青大将ただの知るもんじゃねえや何を考えてるか油断も隙もならないぞ、うん、もしかすると金二百貫もとっくに見つけ出してこっそり運び出してくかもしれねえおこいつはありそうなこったのいや一つにちいねはあっえっ吉子犬を呼んでやっちい美女と黄金を守って敵陣を突破する冒険と活劇に満ちた勇壮な娯楽巨編隠し砦での三悪人日本映画史上最大のスケールを誇る豪華時代劇大作隠し砦での三悪人最高の巨匠を投じて世紀の巨匠黒澤明がワイド画面いっぱいに描く勇壮豪快な戦国の大スペクタクル巨編冒険と活躍スリルとサスペンスにあふれる波乱万丈の物語隠し砦の差がある隠し砦の差がある And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Hidden Fortress from 1958, directed by Akira Kurosawa. Uh, synopsis here from the letterbox. Japanese peasants Matashishi and Tahi try and fail to make a profit from a tribal war. They find a man and woman whom they believe are simple tribe members hiding in a fortress. Although the peasants don't know that Rakuruto, Rakuroto, Jesus, come on, oh, the, that is like the, come on, that's the worst name. That's, that's you're the, the worst name. That's the, maybe maybe in Japanese that's Jarrett, and wow. then over people people are Japanese fans over there are listening. They're like, oh, what is this Jarrett name? It's pretty. That's just the worst name. Rokuroto. I I dare you just to give it, that just get it right. Give, give that name at Arby's, okay. I'll give any name at Arby's. Although the peasants don't know that Rokuroda is a general and Yuki is a princess, the peasants agree to accompany the pair to safety in return for gold. Along the way, the general must prove his expertise in battle while also hiding his identity. And that's it. Um, so, The Hidden Fortress. This was a rewatch for me. Uh, <gasps> I watched this movie many years ago, though. Like, mm, it's probably one of the first Kurosawa's I watched. This and, like, Seven Samurai. Um, my memory of this movie was always kind of, like, I remember, like, like liking the opening scene for some reason. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember why. I was like, why do, like, something about the opening of this movie is really good, and then the rest of the movie just kind of happens. That was my memory of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I popped this DVD in I got, another one of those uh, Crazy Mike's Video Store closure uh, snags mm-hmm. I got for, like, $4. So mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time watching that. Uh, it was all scratched up, but it played beautifully. Um, I, there is a nice Blu-ray of it uh, out there. I'm sure it looks a lot better than my DVD, but... 
I think the movie looks still f- just fine here in standard def from like you, 17 years ago. <laughs> um, you could have watched it on a canopy. That's yeah, how I watched it. Yeah, I mean, I could have watched uh, Monsters Holiday as well that way, but I did not. Real chump, you know yeah. that? So uh, the first thing I went to, though, because this is not on canopy, I'm sure, is a mm-hmm. introduction to the film by one George Lucas. Um my biggest takeaway from his little snippet is that mm-hmm. he says on the special feature for the Hidden Fortress that it is his maybe his fourth favorite Kurosawa movie, um, which is like, what? yeah, why bring it up at all? Well, why, why is he the why is he talking about the Hidden Fortress at all? Well, good, um, good question. Well, good question. So somewhere along the line, RJ, this fucking movie became like associated very strongly with Star Wars. I have some opinions of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure you do. I'm glad you do. Uh-huh. Um and there's like some superficial stuff, I guess, there. Um and even like George mm-hmm. Lucas doesn't seem to be like really like talking about it like very like, oh yeah, it's very clearly a homage. It's like he doesn't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like things like, oh, the peasants I guess they're like C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, the general. He's kind of like Kenobi. Oh, there's a princess. Mm-hmm. And there's a job to be done. That's about it. Okay. Hey, can I talk about this now then? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I was like an hour into this movie, and I was like, what the fuck are people talking about Star Wars? Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't see this at all. And then I watched the other hour and a half, and I was like, really trying to think about it i was just like this isn't very obvious to me i don't think i'm a dumb guy i was like is the only reason people think that is because there's a general and a princess and i guess two bumbling people yeah and then after i watched the movie i looked it up and i was like oh that is the only reason it's like i guess well no see i see for me it really came obvious when uh it was like, oh yeah, that's this is like that time when uh, C three PO and R two D two tried to rape the princess while she slept. Yeah, do, 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 do you remember that part? Like, I, I remember uh, that. Is it, isn't that, that that's a deleted in, scene? Yeah, well, that's a New Hope. That's like that's yeah. that's in the special edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had, they had to like because they, they had to cut it out initially. So. Yeah, I think that's in the X rated one. One of those uh, clones, like the Palestinian uh, version of it, or something like that. Mm. But. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I get it a little bit. I was like, I guess you can, like, make that connection. But it feels like Monday morning quarterbacking to me where it's you're you're connecting things after the fact. It's like, whatever. I, I guess. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So we got that out of the way. There you go. Done. We, we blew it out of the water. Shut up. I'll blow you out of the water. So uh, this movie is, like, real title i guess uh right off the bat is the three villains of the hidden fortress um what does that mean? i don't i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> i i don't like i didn't really expect an answer but it's just okay. like you know what i mean what does that mean yeah okay so okay. this movie opens up with like again like i as soon as it started i went oh fuck i love this so it's it's, it's this opening mm-hmm. tracking shot of our two deplorables uh the, the, the two peasants, scumbags, who showed up late to a war. And they were, they thought, then when they showed up on their own side at one, they thought, hey, th- these guys were fucking on the other side. Uh, they, they're losers. Make them bury the dead. So mm-hmm. these guys smell like the en- their enemies. 
Um, mm-hmm. They all they're all corpsey, and they're complaining about it. Um, <laughs> I always like find that like uh, that's one thing that is often overlooked in movies is smell. Like so, it's mm-hmm. and it's that way in a lot of things. Like usually on the written page, they do throw in smell as a descriptor because you're limited. And so with visuals, I think we often forget that there is a whole range of smelling things that you don't need to touch upon unless someone actually brings it up. So I was always like, oh, cool. And they're complaining about how they smell like corpses and how bad one another stink. And they mm-hmm. really go, go on about it, which I think is fantastic. But this shot is like so mm-hmm. good. And like I think a lot of people are like are in love with it because it's handheld and it's just this like empty plane of like, it's, it might as well just be a desert in the middle of Japan somewhere. Um, and they're just walking and talking and you're following them from behind over the shoulder like a video game. Mm-hmm. And this all builds to this like crazy reveal of this like f- fucking beat up savaged samurai <laughs> with this crazed mm-hmm. face as he's like fighting off like a bunch of like guys on horses who are just like mowing him down. And then he drops dead. And the guys on the horses kind of look at these sad bastard peasants and they ride away. And so the guys are left to like pick the corpse of the samurai. One guy's like, "Whoa, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble and like wind up in jail or something like that." And so he kind of heads off on his own, all C three PO style. Uh, that is um, in uh, one of the movies. I think it was one of the new ones. That might be a Last Jedi thing. Okay. Yeah, because he's in all the movies, Jarrett. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, th- like that. T- that whole opening is honestly the best part of this movie i'll just throw Mm -hmm. out there like it's like really well done not to say that there's not like some pretty amazing moments in this movie uh Mm -hmm. overall hidden fortress uh as you kind of mentioned this movie is like two hours 18 minutes or something like that yes it is um and i feel like if this were a american western which this movie completely feels like an american western especially near the end when it really clicks and you're like yeah, this is just like in a Western, but it's just an okay Western. So I think it's yep. okay It's okay to say this is an okay a Kurosawa movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So they get captured. So they get, yeah, so anyway, okay. this movie is, like, good. Uh, yeah. I don't dislike it. Um, it's weird because, like, I'd say that I like it about the same as Seven Samurai, as I have controversially oh. stated that like yeah, I find Seven Samurai is just like a good movie, not yeah. not not a great masterpiece. Uh, I feel like this movie is like not as good as Seven Samurai, but I'd say that I probably feel about the same way about it. But mm-hmm. I know it's not as good. Um, yeah, there's just like there's amazing scenes. There's like after mm-hmm. they get captured, there's all these like captured Japanese men all being forced to like dig for gold inside of a mountainside. And then they have like a uprising, all Spartacus style, and they're mm-hmm. like all running down the stairs, and it doesn't. It feels very real. Like these men are just like running off the top of one another. There's no stunt men. It's just guys being told run down the steps, and then these guys are gonna fire blanks at you, and you're gonna fall over one another and do it. And like it seems like really tight and very claustrophobic, and like even though it's a huge wide open space, and it's very. Um, epic feeling but it feels like Ugh. oh man it I like, don't like that word epic feeling well I'm not, I'm, I'm not describing you know like watching a short film on youtube is epic uh yeah. i'm describing like this gigantic a real, thing, a thing where it's yeah. like hundreds of men are running downstairs uh and being shot at in this grand scale and not cgi'd mm-hmm. i'd say that has that epic feeling to epic it feel. um, was it the uh, batshit crazy no no it no? wasn't 
Um, How is the film craft though? Uh, artisanal. Artisanal. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ribbing you. Epic's fine. Yeah. Keep going. Get. So uh, there was a lot of dudes on a hill. A lot of dudes crazy. on a hill running down. Look, it's really nuts. Bad shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie kind of gets going a little bit. Uh, the guys escape, and they find some gold inside of branches that have kind of come down a crick. And, uh, and, and the crick, eh? A crick. And, uh, uh nice. and then Tashiro Mufune shows up. And then the movie gets actually going to where it's yeah. supposed to be. Uh, which is like, kind of like, I'm, I'm still not exactly sure about the plot, even though it's like explicitly laid out. They're, they have to like, mm-hmm. they can't go straight into the territory where they'd be safe. They have to go down through enemy territory over into not someone else's territory to get through to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. That's that's the gist of it, and it's just like I don't know. I feel like the ge- geography is kind of odd, but I'm not from Japan. It just seems like a place uh, where this movie is taking place. Yeah, it's no, You're... it's not Arizona. It's not uh, Texas, Oklahoma. It's just like <laughs> oh, it's these names of places that th- those aren't even the names of those places anymore. They've changed. Mm-hmm. These these uh, feudal system things aren't around any longer. So. It's just kind of like okay, whatever. You you don't need to know the ins and outs, the political intrigue. That would be very boring. Um, this is an adventure mm-hmm. movie. Um, yes. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. I, I like mm-hmm. I said, I think this movie's good, decent. Uh, I don't love it or anything like that. It, yeah, it feels a little long. It feels a little listless. Yes. I, I, I think it was getting back to my point of like this movie would be probably like really the same at ninety minutes. Um, and you'd get every single plot beat over in the same way if it were an American Western, I guess. But it's a Japanese a Kurosawa movie, so it's got to go deep and long and girthy. Stop Stop it. Yeah. Anyways, RJ, what did, what did you think of this Hidden Fortress? Had you seen it before? Uh, I had not. Uh, this was a new one for me. Uh, I have seen many of this Kurosawa guy's films, uh, especially now in The Creep. I think, what is this, our third or fourth? Third? Fourth? Oh, well, this will be our fifth. Fifth? Okay. So, yeah, five so far. And then I, I've seen a few on top of that, which will be future Creeps as well. So, uh, people remember episode two. You didn't like Seven Samurai. You're crazy. That movie is <laughs> super good. Uh, it's epic. It's got film craft. It's artisanal. Uh, I think that movie is super amazing. Uh, Hidden Fortress? Uh, so, anyways, my point of bringing that up was I'm a fan of this Kurosawa guy. I think he makes good stuff. You like that uh, uh, High and Low? Pretty High that, and Low was that, very good. Yeah, High and Low, the Yojimbo Sanjuro. Mm-hmm. Those, those were good as well, yeah. So uh, that stuff was real good. Uh, here at Creepsville, we are also big fans of Toshiro Mufune. Uh, that dude is mad cool. In real life, and he's mad cool in this movie as well, which I like. Uh, so I've never seen Hidden Fortress. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, I also uh, don't think it's not a blow your dick off movie or anything like that. Um, but I really liked it, and I kind of I watched this like three days ago. I kind of forgot parts of it, but looking over my notes, I was like, oh yeah, I did like this movie. <laughs> so I guess the reason I say that is like, yeah, it's not his best thing or. It's not his best movie by any means, but it's pretty good. It's worth a watch if you want to watch something like that. Uh, I think the thing that stands out with this one more than his other ones is I think this one's really playful and more so like all his movies have like humor and like playful bits in them and stuff like that. But I think on a whole, this one is more 
playful and it's i guess it's yeah. mostly because you're focusing on these two like greasy dudes and they're always kind of into stuff but even even like to share mufune he's kind of like playing around having a laugh like doing this and that so i think that i think that sets it aside from other kurosawas that we've watched so far it's uh well, it's, like Sen- oh, it's a little lighter. Senjuro and Ujimbo are pretty breezy too. I mean, they have like some yeah. serious turns, but for the most part, they're pretty like I don't know. I never really take those movies super seriously. I don't think they do either. No, yeah, I know. I was that's uh that was just one thing that I thought, but uh, yeah. I think this movie also has like some of those classic Kurosawa things. Like there are certain shots in this that just look awesome like a lot of the fog shots which is dudes walking through fog i don't know why i think those things just look so cool um i love that fog man not that fog movie that movie is okay i just like that fog in this movie uh it also you see some nice film craft in this Jarrett. uh i like the scenes where um i don't like what i've done here yeah i know i'm gonna keep dropping it for anyone if anyone is like weirded out by this any of those youtube listeners maybe check out uh, our full reviews to hear our our full episodes to hear what Jarrett did and why i use filmcraft now as my main my main word so anyways there's some good filmcraft here uh i like the scene when they're they're like on that hill and it's just like the three of them and they're getting shot at uh by the coming up armies and stuff like that and they keep running and then they duck, and then you you can see it like it changes a little bit, oh, and then yeah. the sh- they they shoot real bullets at it, and then it changes back, and they get up and run, like that's not nothing like special. That's a movie trick for a hundred years since they've been filming movies. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was cool. I thought they did it. Like I thought it looked good. Uh, what else was there? Uh, I think this movie actually has some cool fake outs. Like there are scenes where it's like we're gonna do this, and then it goes the other way, and I was like, ah, oh, nice. Like, uh, there's the one where they think that they're on the homeland. They're like, there it is. We're finally there. Mm. And then, like, all the uh, art or all the, like, enemy flags pop up over the hill. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. It's a, That's it's pretty a, rad. It's a visual gag, yeah. It's a visual gag, yeah. So I liked it. I thought that was cool. Uh, it has... I can like, really like, imagine Chris Pratt going, who boy? And, oh, and, boy. And, and then playing his mixtape. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe it's in that uh, Magnificent Seven remake. Yeah. See, it all comes back. It all circles back what we talk about. Uh, but I thought that was cool. Uh, like I said, the shots, were, or there were some really nice ones like the fog. There was another nice one where it's like horses when they let all the horses out and they're running through that like little archway. I was like, that's really nice. That uh, reminds me of uh, some of them old Westerns, like you said. Yeah, I think that's As- like when it became very like, Oh, this is a this is a western, and like then I started thinking backwards and being like, yeah, this whole movie is a western. Yeah, absolutely. Ask John Ford where the horizon is. I bet Kurosawa could tell you. I mean, you just cha- you just change things up and say it's like I don't know Union soldiers being caught on conf- behind Confederate lines or hmm? or vice versa. Well, so and that that's the last thing I was gonna say. Like uh, overall, too is. Uh, I think this movie has a lot of different genres in it, or not even genres, just a lot of different kind of angles to it. It's got that humor aspect. It's an adventure pick, like you said. It's uh, heroes on the road and kind of heroes on the run type of thing, which I think especially in like uh, anime, that seems to be like a major thing that they stick on is like do like especially for like samurai movies, I guess, is like dudes on the run or on the road. So there's like that kind of stuff. Um, and the thing, 
what I was thinking about this movie more than like way more than Star Wars. I was like, this reminds me of Indiana Jones, like more so than any Star Wars movies. Just like the way that they kind of get into circumstances and there's like funny coincidences and there's like gags that get them out of it. Like this, Tashiri Mifuno, uh, Tashiri, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, yeah, uh, he's way more like Indiana Jones than he is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I thought at least. I don't know. That's my bold statement. I'm I'm gonna lay it out there for you, buddy. That uh, that's my hot take. This movie's more like Indiana Jones than it is like Star Wars. I can hear that sizzle. You you hear the sizzle on that steak? But uh, I don't know. Uh, there's like individual stuff that I thought was cool too, but I don't know. It's also really cute. Like, I really like that moment at the end when uh, the two guys are, like, fighting a bunch, uh, but then they lose everything. And they're like, let's stay friends. And he's like, okay, we will. And that's that's a direct quote. And she's like, why don't we stay friends? And I was like, that's really sweet. That uh, warms me up inside. So, I don't know. I liked uh, Hidden Fortress. I, I, I'm with you. I think not, not as much to a lesser degree. Uh, I don't think it's amazing but uh, i i liked it quite a bit i thought it was nice i like kurosawa it's a cool dude <laughs> do you dig those that princess's waist high shorts uh the shorts were okay i was always distracted when she's on screen though because she's always yelling mm-hmm. and she always goes ee, ee, and i was like oh that's See, as annoying as that was for people listening to this, that's how I thought it was in the movie. Because she's always saying, ee, and like yelling real loud. I was like, why is this lady talking so loud? Maybe that's why they made her a mute for so much of it. I I was actually pretty happy when that happened. I was like, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe uh, she won't be so loud anymore. Wow. All right, Mr. It's, Misogynist here. Oof. It's not that she was a woman. Watch this oh, movie. Okay. She's talking very loud. Just watch it. Just wow. watch it. Okay, RJ. Um, so, so uh, there's the one line that like I had to write down here where they're um, it's a real burial of the working class of uh, where it's like oh, s- sometimes even moss can be smart. <laughs> mm. Just just talking about peasants, how even they can oh. have good ideas every once in a while because sometimes even veget you know bacteria and vegetation could be smart. Ah, uh, poor people, scum of the earth. Uh, I agree, and, and that's like a. I mean, I guess Seven Samurai is kind of like it's, it has it both ways. It shows like the spirit of like poor people being able to fight alongside their their betters. Um, and here, I don't. There's no good coming. I guess that's not true. There's like the the girl, the one girl who mm-hmm. keeps who's like very loyal and fighting has like the, the great fighting spirit. Uh, she, she she kind of redeems. Uh, the working man in this, but yeah, those that are two uh, protagonists or villains, I guess is the title might have us believe them to be. Okay, so here's a weird thing. So this movie's called the hidden fortress yeah. and like half of it takes place there and then they're not there. Do, do you think this is a good title for this movie? Well, what was, what did you say that the other title was three the, villains, the, the three villains of the hidden fortress. That's like, like on the oh. intercard that I have on the DVD, it has in parentheses, the three villains of like, and then it's well, the hidden fortress. They could call this uh, the temple of doom. They, they could call it the death star. They could call it the death star, uh, invading the death stars, temple of doom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought like, it's fine. I mean, there's worse titles. 
I, I suppose. I just like always like wonder that title. I mean, let it's, me it's, it's let no, me look through here. It's no uh, Guns of Navarone. <laughs> it's um, we're eagle. Like, I mean, we're eagles. Dare is a great title. And it's about going into a, a, a invincible, impenetrable mm-hmm. fortress. This movie is just called The Hidden Fortress, and it's just like I guess they're hanging out there. You know what's the worst title? What? The Element of Crime. Mm. But that's actually you know but that actually is content within the movie, regardless of the quality of the movie. You know what's the worst title? Uh Monsieur Hall Hulo's Holiday. But that's about a guy's holiday. You know what's the worst title? Mm. Um Variety Lights. Yeah, that well, that's also like at least I mean, I don't know what that means, but I think it has something to do with the show business. You know what's a worse title? Um, chasing Amy. You gotta say it like Kevin Smith would. You're chasing Amy, man. There you go. Is that how he talks? Yeah, seamless. I, I I thought Kevin was here. I thought I was on the Smodcast. You were on Smodcast. Yeah. Well, apparently he claims he's one of the first ever inventors of podcasts. So whatever. God, he's definitely the. He definitely popularized it. Like I would 100% give it to him for that. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah. movies. Uh, title mm-hmm. not title notwithstanding, at least there is a fortress that's hidden in the movie, the Hidden Fortress. I just don't yeah. know if it's like means much more beyond a description. Seven Samurai. There are seven samurai. <laughs> high and high hey. and low. And there's like some metaphor to it. I just don't know about this title. It bothers me. The fire festival stuff mm-hmm. is all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of like, you know, they're like, how the hell are we going to get out of this predicament we're in where everyone's looking for us? Hey, there happens to be this giant like wagon line of fucking people hauling wood up a hill just as here we are with our golden side of wood. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, in, a, oh, yeah. it, in a lesser film uh, mm-hmm. it, by a lesser director, people would shit all day long on that. But here we are mm-hmm. and it's all fine. Um, and you get to get the whole climax and you know, it's like, I already knew Mike, oh, they're going to wind up having to burn their wood with the gold in it. And sure enough, that's happens, but it's all a good sequence. And then he gets like, he keeps getting kind of built up from there with the chase with the, the two like guard types that stumble across our, our two peasant fellows digging through the, the fire pit, digging up gold pieces. Um, they're Mm -hmm. being restrained. And then you get like the weird kind of like clocking sound of the like, um, the police, the security forces, the army working their way through the woods and then they start firing their guns and you get that whole big standoff in the woods. It's definitely the best executed action scene, I think, in the movie. Um, I was going to say that the one that I was really kind of like disappointed by, like and I wasn't expecting it, was uh, the whole bit where they're on the road and they get stopped by like the four guys on horse uh, mm-hmm. back and they're like, oh, we're looking for four people and a girl with horses and then they ride off and they go, ha ha, we got away with it. Why didn't they even check our wood? And then they realize mm-hmm. that they're coming back. And then at that point, Mufune just like kills two of them immediately. And then you yeah. get, then you get the horse chase, which is just like mm-hmm. the audacious, like showing the same footage of him passing the same tree three times. In t- <laughs> but, but the editing is intense and it's can just I, like, can I tell you something? Yeah. I thought that was really cool, <laughs> but it's like, it's so like, Chauncey, you know, I mean, if, it's, I, if this I, wasn't like yeah. if this again, if this was a lesser director, um, mm-hmm. 
would people would be like, oh come on, like they they oh, Roger Corman, meh, and like they like who shitmeisters do this, and here we go, we have Kurosawa doing it, and people we'll go, oh wow, what does that tell you about <laughs> film craft, about film craft, about time. Time. I, uh, what are the themes of time here being used? Because he, obviously he would never make this mistake. It's like, no, it's just fucking movies. And he, he, he thought it was like, it looked, it worked okay. They thought it was cool, whatever. But it's like, it's, yeah. but, it's but it builds to like that awesome bit where he chases down, he kills two guys. And then mm-hmm. he winds up back at the camp, the enemy camp. And you get the spear fight. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it wasn't very well done. I guess, but we live in 2018 mm-hmm. and we have now seen like amazing choreographed fight scenes and this is you know 1958 and i don't know if like kurosawa is renowned for his like fight choreography at any point as these films go on even though we see samurai movies it's like the movies like all the stuff is shot like 10 foot high and it's kind of looking down on the action because they're shooting through like uh fabric and stuff like that but it's shot in this way it's like so unexciting and like i was just like I remember being like oh this could be so much better. And you're like, in 2018, mm-hmm. if like Takashi Miike was filming this, this would be exciting. Or like a lot of other like directors, it's like, this would be like a really like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And this is kind of like, oh, Mifuno's going to win. And it's just like, and it's not even like an exciting fight scene. So I don't know. Is it hearsay to say that uh, Kurosawa really uh, really blew it here? He's not, he's not an action director, which is like Seven Samurais. I, I don't know. I think you just have a problem with the Kira Kurosawa is what it seems like. What I'm saying, you know, RJ. what my imaginary <laughs> problem with Fellini is, that's your problem with Kurosawa. No, what I'm saying is that emperor has no clothes. Boom. I'm, you heard your first. Are you? Head, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, he's fine. I just like, these are things that I'm like, this isn't that, like, this isn't as good as it could be. Um, well, yeah, a bit. But also, have you ever seen The Emperor's New Groove? I have not. That's a good movie. Nice. Just since you brought it up. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I also didn't... I don't think it's anywhere near the top for what we've watched so far. But I still enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I thought that scene with uh, Toshiro Mufune on the horse holding a sword was really cool. I didn't care that they showed it like four times. I, I still thought it was nice over and over and over again as he's rounding around the same tree to build up anticipation of him catching him. That's the whole yeah. idea behind it, right? Um, it's just mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. No one talks about. I mean, people will talk about it because there's people who hate this movie. RJ, let me tell you what. Um, before we get to sure. that, though, I just want to mention it's like you know, just last week I was talking about the presence of rape in these Japanese movies I was watching. Oh, what now? And here we get some light humor teases of rape because peasants get mm. bored and see some princess leg and it's yeah. just like oh and you were just talking about belladonna's sadness and you know rape well, and rape and rape and rape and rape we it, say it every week and it just seems more and more the point but it's like i think the criterion's main goal was to show that japanese and italian people are rapists well no italians what fuck up seems. no 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 see italians fuck up everything but they're also raping pretty good. No, they didn't. They were they're what? Not in. Uh, there's no rapping, rap, rap, rape battles well, in uh, the Italian Rafifi. characters are always the guys who are like, "Hey, baby, come over here and uh, sit on this D." <laughs> so it's not actual rape. It's just suggestive uh, rape, I guess. 
Yeah. What are you laughing at? That's, but, that's yeah. real. Yeah, it's real. Okay. Salo. Okay. Yeah, well, that movie is a whole different... That's a whole, ball game. whole other ball game. <clears throat> but RJ... What? Who hates The Hidden Fortress? I don't know. Um, I'm sure some people lay it on me. John M. One and a half star. I'll be honest. I found the politics of this film to be downright intolerable. No, shut up. It masquerades as an indictment of greed while in actually serving as a reification of the hegemony of capitalism, ensuring the separation of the workers from their means whilst preserving the authority of the few. At one point in the film, our female quote-unquote heroine buys the contract of a slave with the pretense that she is setting the slave quote-unquote free, while in reality simply converting the slave into another pack mule on her journey to reclaim her throne. As another character in the film so aptly puts it, the politics of the film quote-unquote act kind, but are ultimately cruel, deeply irresponsible filmmaking. Shot off. What a fucking ass. The politics of this film. You know what else I have uh, with the politics of this film? This person's five-star movies are mostly garbage, but they include (laughs) Resident Evil Retribution, uh, about 800 movies I've never heard of, uh, La Ventura, which is just all piles of just fucking shit. Uh, I don't know. Most... This person's entire letterbox is about basically movies that it's like, oh, you've never heard of that? Uh, that's too bad. I thought you liked movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike keep- Cavalier, two stars. Grading is hardly even the word to describe how I found the quote-unquote comedy from frickin' frack here after enduring it for two hours. Their constant Ooh. yelling, their bickering, the hijink style music cross out plays whenever they get physical. Man, mm-hmm. none of it worked for me. And even though I'd see flashes through the rest of the movie, moments that invite me to get on board, the early set pieces with all those extras, the opening scene mm-hmm. filmed on Steadicam, I couldn't quite get over that frustration, not only from the peasant humor that wore on me, but also from the stiff assault of performance from the princess, the time we spend looking at sand maps and being told exposition, mm. the repetitive gold greed reminders. I'll, I'll throw that one out there. That's probably like an hour of that runtime that could be not there. And even that yeah. unbelievable final exchange. No, you take the gold. That growth seems completely tacked on, while other characters never really change at all. Hate to say it, but I was happy when the credits rolled. Is that, like, supposed to be, like, cool? To be like, I liked when the credits rolled, that, baby. That's when you uh, put take your sunglasses from the tip of your nose and put them back squarely in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And oh. you're, yeah! Well, don't do that again on the show, please. Um, I got news for you. This Mike oh, Cavalieri uh, is a horror fan. They actually have a lot of the same opinions that we do. Okay. However, they gave uh, the Babadook five stars. <laughs> and they also gave Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 Freddy's Revenge three stars, which I find ludicrous. So this person isn't the authority on movies. <laughs> Ever. Well, we uh, just exposed you, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Wreck isn't a five-star movie. Get over <laughs> yourself. 
Luke Compton, our final hate. Two Me stars. Too, not my kind of movie. Just oh, just okay. dull, unfunny, and really not entertaining for myself. The characters were very unlikable, and I found myself unable to care about them. I loved the duel. That part was excellent and really stood out as the highlight of the film. However, this awesome fight wasn't enough to make me like the film. To this, to, or to think this inspired Star Wars. <laughs> um, is that their whole review? That's it. Do you want to hear their four and a half star review for uh, the St- Star Wars The Force Awakens? Sure. Uh, it's here. It's finally here. After all this time, there has been an awakening. There's a lot to say about this film. And obviously at this stage, I can't say too much. And then it goes on for about at least a thousand to two thousand more words. I'm not going to read the rest because uh, you're lame, Luke Compton. You're a basic bitch. <laughs> you're basic. Wow. Anyways. Strong, uh, but fair. Yeah, they have some okay movies. Uh, they got Predestination in their five stars. That movie's not very good. And, and Avengers. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Dear, 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 dear. Uh, this is going to be my new thing is when you're naming these low reviews, I'm going to check out their pages. And uh, well, you've been doing that. That's how we're going I to, have been, that's, but... that's how we're going to kick off episode 111, 101. Jesus. What do you mean? Well, by, by, this will be the addition to this this gimmick. That's our new mainstay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't always do it. Sometimes I get distracted by farts and butts and stuff, but yeah, whatever. That's 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 you being you. Uh, any other thoughts about this fortress? This, uh, this not exposed really. exposed fortress? Oh, I was, yeah. was going to say uh, that seance scene is so awesome because it's like every pop song from the last 40 years the lines that they're saying is like stuff from that. I thought it's pretty cool. Anyways. Uh, no, this movie's, I liked it. It's good. It's worth a watch. It ain't no star Wars. It ain't no Indiana Jones. It's its own. I don't know why anyone would care about that anyways, but, but Hey, how about that Toho scope? It's so, it's so so wide. It's pretty cool. My man. Um, would you agree though? If, uh, David Ehrenstein who wrote the, uh, the, the little booklet, the little essay that came with this movie, one of the greatest action adventures film, uh, one of the greatest action adventure films ever made, and a fast-paced, witty, and visually stunning samurai film. You, um, no. well, not not wholly. No, with parts of that maybe, but. Uh oh shit! <laughs> All right, what now? Uh, I I just noticed uh, who wrote the uh, writing for the Criterion Collection in two thousand one, Armand White said the hidden fortress uh-uh. holds a place in cinema history comparable to John Ford's stagecoach coach it lays out the plot and character of an on the road epic of self discovery and heroic action in a now familiar fashion uh Rockaroto and princess yoki uh fight their way to allied territory accompanied by a scheming greedy comic duo who get surprised by their own good fortune kurosawa always balances valor and greed seriousness seriousness and humor while depicting the misfortunes of war so you know Armand White is right? No. Oh my God. <laughs> Who is Armand White? He's like the legendary, uh, 
the troll of Rotten Tomatoes. As some people would paint him. He is the contrarian. Oh. He's like the professional contrarian who like is there to like be like, hey, Toy Story three, you're not a hundred percent anymore on Rotten Tomatoes, and people get mad at him. He's uh, I got you. He's he's good. He's a he's the professional Rick Roller. Ooh, some would, you some, know some might say that about him. Uh, he 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 sometimes you know some people some people say that uh maybe he's the Jarrett of the movie review world maybe but here he is loving that hidden fortress maybe because he thinks that like hidden fortress is, is the superior film to seven samurai i'm sure that's his end game but george lucas says it's like maybe fourth <laughs> after the break yeah i don't know uh rj and i are gonna be poor and I'm taking the gold. No question. Seriously, RJ, what the fuck? What's the title mean? What the fuck is the Hidden Fortress? I believe it's it's like uh, you know that book, uh, The Secret, about finding what's inside yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the Hidden Fortress, man. Finding what you keep locked away from yourself and from others. Keeping the gold for yourself. No, that's not what I meant. No, oh. it's all about keeping the gold. You gotta start the kingdom up again. Can't give it to poor people. Fuck them. They're poor. Oh. They, oh. they deserve it. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> what? Say no to safe injection sites. Hey, you can email Oof. us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com. We get lonely over here, and we'd love to hear about, you know, your strong politics like this film, allegedly. Or anything. <laughs> We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Even though, fuck, I don't watch movies anymore. Uh, got, we, we have a we have a Patreon. Give us money. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, all sorts of platforms. It's amazing. We're we're, we're branded. Is that good? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine branding ever being bad. Mm-hmm. Next week, Spine One Hundred and Seventeen. Louis Benwell is back already. Oh man. Diary of a Chambermaid from 1964. I haven't seen this, but I will be, as will RJ. And so, maybe you as well. At least you'll be hearing us talk about it. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad. Maybe RJ will bump the microphone again. No one knows for hey, sure. Hey, why don't you shut up? Why don't you shut up? No one listens to this. No one cares about Louis Ben and Well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it down next week. Nobody gives a shit about this old French bastard. Spanish bastard. Well, Ben Benwell's a French name, so whatever. Is it? 
Good night, folks. Wait a minute.